Hello, hello, hello. It's Sunday. Yes. Oh dear. Sunday. The day before the working week begins again. It's a shame the weekends go so quickly, isn't it? I definitely think somebody should think of doing a two-day week, working week, and five-day weekend. That would definitely be more aligned to my lifestyle. (laughs) I can book, wish, I don't think that'll ever happen, but never mind. How are we all? I hope you've had a wonderful weekend. Sunday for me is very much a lazy day. It's a houseworky kind of day. Oh, that's the only problem when you have your own place, which I'm sure most of you do. It's the keeping on top of the housework, isn't it? I'm not going to bore you with details of the housework. I don't even like doing the housework, so I'm certainly not going to talk about it. But there we are. But other than a bit of housework, it's a lazy day. I do like to pop out as well to a little old garden centre and have a coffee with friends or family. And yes, I have done that this afternoon because, well, that's just how I roll, basically. I like a garden centre. Don't make fun of me. It's, it's great. I'm Lucy, for those of you that have only just joined, and I am sharing with you tonight a favourite radio show of mine, which I will get onto in a little bit. I hope you've had a nice weekend, and I hope your week ahead isn't going to be too onerous. If you have to work, then I'm sure it will be. I like my job, I won't lie. I really enjoy my job. It's, uh, it's great. I don't worry about it when I wake up in the morning, or I don't go to bed dreading it. Would I rather stay home and do my own thing? Yeah, probably, but then... You kind of need lots of spondies, don't you, to kind of do what you want to do. Never mind. So I hope you liked Steptoe and Sun last night. I hope that sent you off to sleep with a little smile on your face, if nothing else. Don't forget you can find me on Instagram and YouTube as Foxy Geek Girl. And we have, of course, got patreon.com forward slash Foxy After Dark. And on that note, I would like to say hello to my very first two members of my new Patreon page, AJ and Rob. So a big hello to them and thank you for your support. It's very, very much appreciated. And also on Instagram, I'd like to say hello to Roy and Robert. Lots of R's. AJ and then all the R's. Hi to you and thank you for your support. Really appreciated. I love it when people get in touch. So thank you for those that have taken the time to say hello or make some kind of other comment as well. Whatever you are doing this evening and whatever you've got to do tomorrow, why don't you now settle down? Grab yourself a drink or something. I'd normally do hot chocolate, but sometimes on a Sunday night when you have to think about work the next day, something a little bit stronger might be nice to help you go to sleep. What do you think? Maybe. We have mystery and adventure. Dun, dun, dun. With an episode from Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson in the story of Thorbridge. This was first broadcast on the 2nd of August, 1967. So sit back, relax. And listen to Sherlock Holmes. It was a wild October morning, and I noticed as I was dressing how the last remaining leaves were being twirled from the solitary plane tree in the yard behind 221B Baker Street. I went down expecting to find Sherlock Holmes in depressed spirits. Like all great artists, he was easily impressed by his surroundings. On the contrary, he was in that mood of sinister cheerfulness which came over him in lighter moods. There it goes, Holmes. I beg your pardon, Watson? The last leaf of our plane tree. Oh, well. October's entitled to its sacrifices, you know. Holmes, you're not down to your usual October dumps. Hmm? I know how the weather affects you. Down you go with the barometer every time, except... Aha! There is an exception, then. Ah, I was going to say, except when you've got a case on. 
From the look of you on a beastly morning like this, I'd say that letter beside you there has more than a bit to do with it. Brilliant, my dear Watson. The faculty of deduction must be contagious. You probed out my secret. <laughs> Good. Then what about sharing it? There isn't much to share. Look here, though. Suppose you were to read the letter out for us both. Very well, Holmes. Pass it over. Here. <clears throat> dear Mr. Sherlock Holmes, I can't see the best woman God ever made go to her death. I can't even try to explain things, but I know beyond all doubt that Miss Dunbar is innocent. I shall come at 11 tomorrow and see if you can get some ray of light in the dark. Maybe I have a clue and don't know it. Yours faithfully, J. Neil Gibson. Uh, Neil Gibson Holmes, the American senator. Well, he was once senator for some western state. He's better known as the biggest gold mining magnet in the world. Ah, yes, that's right. I've read about him. Uh, lives in England now, doesn't he? Yes. He bought a considerable estate in Hampshire about five years ago. Surely, though, Watson, you've read all this lately about his wife's death. Ah, that's why the name's familiar. Yes, I don't recall the details, though. It's a sensational enough case. But from what I've read, there didn't seem to be any problem to it. The coroner's jury found the evidence quite clear. So did the police court people. Uh, the case is up for Winchester Assizes, isn't That's it? That's right. Oh, I'm afraid it's a thankless business. I can discover facts, Watson, but I cannot change them. Unless something entirely new and unexpected comes to light, I don't see what my client can hope for. I say, it's nearly 11 now. Got time to post me up before he gets here? I suppose I'd better, if you're to take an intellectual interest in the proceedings. In a nutshell, then, this man's the greatest financial power in the world. I understand he's also a man of the most powerful of character. I know nothing of his wife except that she was past her prime. Unfortunately, there was an extremely attractive governess superintending their two young children. Ah. Exactly. The wife was found late one night in the grounds of their Hampshire estate, nearly half a mile from the manor itself. There was a revolver bullet through her brain. I see. There was no local clue to the murder. The body was found by a gamekeeper. And it was examined by the police and a doctor before being carried up to the house. Is this too condensed for you? Oh, no, 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 not at all. I remember reading some of it now. Isn't it the uh, governess who suspected? On very direct evidence. A revolver with one discharged chamber and a caliber corresponding with a fatal bullet was found in her wardrobe. Yes, in her wardrobe. Well? Yes, well, both juries thought that that was pretty damning. Who wouldn't? The dead woman also had a note signed by the governess, making an appointment to meet her at that very place. Mm. Finally, there's a motive. Gibson is an attractive fellow. If his wife died, who more likely to succeed her than the young lady who had already, by all accounts, been receiving his attentions? Love, fortune, power. All depending upon one middle-aged life. Ugly, Watson. Very ugly. Did the Dunbar woman put up an alibi, Holmes? On the contrary. She admitted she was down near Thorbridge. That's the scene of the tragedy. At that time? Yes. Well, that seems to settle it completely. And yet, Watson, and yet. Now, come in. Mr. Neil Gibson, Mr. Holmes. Thank you, Mrs. Hudson. Oh, 
On time, I think, Mr. Holmes. Precisely. This is my friend and colleague, Dr. Watson. Delighted, sir. Uh, how do you do? Uh, this chair? Oh, I thank you. Mr. Holmes, let me say right away, money is nothing to me in this case. You can burn it if it'll light the way to the truth. Name your figure. My professional charges are on a fixed scale. I do not vary them, say, when I remit them altogether. Well, if dollars make no difference to you, perhaps the publicity will. You pull this up and every paper in England and America Thank will... Thank you, Mr. Gibson. But it may surprise you to know that I prefer to work anonymously. It's the problem itself which attracts me. Let's get down to the facts. The facts are that Miss Dunbar is innocent and has got to be cleared. I look to you to do it. Now, the rest of it you know already from the papers. You've nothing to add? Not that I know of. Well, there is just one point. What were the exact relations between you and Miss Dunbar? Do you mean to ask me if... If I do? Do I understand you're doing your duty in asking me a question like that? Let us agree to suppose so. Very well, then. I can assure you, Mr. Holmes, that our relations were entirely and always those of an employer towards a young lady we never even saw or spoke with except when the children were around. Mr. Gibson, I'm a rather busy man. I'm neither the time nor the taste for aimless conversation. I wish you good morning. Uh, why, you, uh, are you telling me you're dismissing my case? At least I dismiss you. Meaning that I'm a liar? I was trying to express it as delicately as I could. But if you insist on the word, I won't contradict you. Now, listen and here. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Thank you, Watson. Even the smallest argument is unsettling so soon after breakfast. Mr. Holmes, I've broken stronger men than you before today. No man ever crossed me and finished up the better for it. So many have said that to me, Mr. Gibson. And yet, here I am still. Well, all right then. The stakes are down and the reserve's open. What do you want to know? The truth. Very well, then. I can give it to you in very few words. There are some things that are painful as well as difficult to say. I met my wife when I was gold hunting in Brazil. She was Brazilian. Maria Pinto, the daughter of a government official. She was beautiful. I was young and impulsive. So we were married. Go on, please. Well, the romance of it lasted for years before it went. Then, well, after that, I saw we'd got not one thing left in common. If she could have seen it that way, it would have been easier for us both. I tried to convince her. I tried to show her a harsh side of me and make her see I wasn't the man for her any longer. She just stayed as devoted as ever. Well, then Miss Grace Dunbar answered our advertisement for a governess for the children. Now, I make no pretense to be more moral than my neighbors, you understand? No, sir. I'll admit before you gentlemen that I couldn't... I couldn't live under the same roof with a young woman like Miss Dunbar without falling for her. But do you blame me, Mr. Holmes? I should blame you if you expressed it. The young woman was, in a sense, under your protection. Well, maybe so. I guess all my life I've been a man who's reached out and taken whatever he's wanted. And I never wanted anything more than I wanted her. I told her so. Oh, you did, did you? I said money was no object. I'd make her happy and comfortable if she'd let me. When will some of you rich men learn that all the world can't be bought with bribes? Uh, that's how I feel about it now. And I give thanks it didn't work out as I wanted. She told me she'd leave my house at once. 
But she didn't. Uh, there were others in the house but me. They depended on her. I promised her she'd never be molested again, and she agreed to stay. There was another reason, though. What was that? She knew something of my affairs. They're large, Mr. Holmes. I have the power to make or break. I guess she could see past the dollars to something... Well, something more lasting. She wanted me to use my power to do some good for the world. So she stayed. Then all this came along. I see. And all this, as you call it. How do you explain it, then? Oh, it's black against her. I don't deny that. Women lead an inward life. They can do things that are beyond the judgment of a man. No, there's only one explanation that comes into my head for what it's worth. Yes? Well, Mr. Holmes, there's no doubt that my wife was jealous. Bitterly jealous. You know, there's a kind of soul jealousy as well as a bodily jealousy. She might... Well, she might have planned to murder Miss Dunbar or... Just threaten her with a gun, maybe. And then maybe there was a scuffle and the gun went off and... Well, that possibility had occurred to me. It is the only alternative to deliberate murder. Yeah, but Grace, Miss Dunbar denies it. Denies it completely. Well, that isn't final, is it? She might have carried the gun back to the house in a daze and thrown it down in her wardrobe. When she realized later, all explanation had become impossible. But what is against the theory that she tried to lie her way out of it by a flat denial? I'll tell you what's against it. The fact that she's innocent. Well, at any rate, I may be of more use to you when I've seen this young lady herself. I've no doubt we can reach Winchester by the evening train. You game, Watson? <laughs> yes, of course, Holmes. Well, that's fine. I've got some business in town, so you'll have to excuse me from joining you. Very well, Mr. Gibson. We'll meet later. But remember... I don't promise that my conclusions will be the kind you are hoping for. Now, come along, Watson. It'll take us long enough to get a pass to interview Miss Dunbar. Meanwhile, perhaps we can hear some of the details from the local constabulary. Well, Mr. Holmes, I'd rather have you here than Scotland Yard, I can tell you. Once they get into a case, it's bang goes all the credit for the local man. But all the blame if anything goes wrong. If I can clear it up, I don't ask to have my name mentioned. Well, that's very handsome of you, sir. And my friend Dr. Watson is the soul of discretion, Sergeant. <laughs> I'm sure he is, sir. Now, sir, I'd like to ask you uh, this, Mr. Holmes. And it's a thing I wouldn't breathe to another soul. Do you reckon there's a case against Mr. Gibson himself? I've been considering it. Uh, you've not seen Miss Dunbar yet. Oh, she's a wonderful fine woman in every way, you know. He may well have wanted his wife out of the way. It was his pistol, you know, sir. Oh? Was that clearly made out? Oh, yes, sir. One of a pair he had. Where is the other, then? Uh, well, sir, uh, he has a lot of firearms about the place, uh, one kind and another. We never quite matched it up, but the box was made for two. I see. We've got them all laid out at the house, sir, if you'd like to see them later. Well, here we are, gentlemen. This is the spot. Four bridge, eh? That's it, Doctor. Was the body this side of it? Right here. I marked the place with this stone. I understand you got here before it was moved, Sergeant. Yes, sir. Uh, they sent for me at once. Who did? Uh, Mr. Gibson, sir. He told them all that nothing was to be touched till the police arrived. That was sensible. Now, I gathered from the newspaper that the shot had been fired at close quarters. Yes, sir. Very close. Near the right temple? Just behind it, sir. How did the body lie? 
on the back. No traces of struggle, no marks. There was a note from Miss Dunbar clutched in the left hand. Clutched, you say? Well, sir, we could hardly open the fingers. Significant. Hey, Watson? Um, well, I... It excludes the idea that anyone could have placed the note there after death as a false clue. As you were about to observe, of course. Uh, oh, yes, 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 exactly. Hmm. What was it the note said, Sergeant? It said, uh, I will be at Thorbridge at nine o'clock, G. Dunbar. That was also very short. Ah, yes. Did Miss Dunbar admit writing it? Oh, yes, sir. Then what was her explanation? Well, sir, her defense was reserved for the assizes. She didn't say anything. Dear me. I find the point of the letter singularly obscure. Sir? I was thinking it was one of the clearest points in the whole business, Harry. No, no. Granting that the letter was genuine, it must have been received an hour or two before. Well? Then why was this lady still clasping it in her left hand? She wouldn't have needed to refer to it at the interview. Yes, yes, I see what you mean. I think I should like to sit quietly for a few minutes and think it out. Very good, sir. Uh Uh-huh. Hello! Uh, What is it, Holmes? Uh, Come and look here. Look. Look at this new chip in the stone. Yeah, I see it. No bigger than a sixpence. Uh, Yes, sir. We noticed that. Someone knocked it passing by, I expect. It took some violence to do that. Stand back a moment, please, while I try my cane. There. Not a mark. And there's a metal tip on this cane. It certainly took a hard blow to make that chip. It's a point worth noting. There were no footprints, I take it. The ground was iron hard, sir. Not a trace. Then I think we have nothing more to learn here. We'll go up to the house and see those firearms now. Then we must go on to Winchester. I'd like to see Miss Dunbar before we move any further. I can see no evidence at all to suggest that our millionaire was out of doors when his wife was murdered. But the governess was out. She admits making the appointment to meet Mrs. Gibson at the bridge. Yes, it looks pretty black against her to me. But for one thing. Uh, What's that then? The finding of the revolver in her wardrobe. Great heavens, Holmes. That seemed to me to cap the whole thing. Not so, my dear Watson. It struck me as strange when I first read about it. And now that I'm in close touch with the case, it's become my only firm ground for hope. How? We must look for consistency. Where it's lacking, we must suspect deception. Blessed if I can follow you. Well, now, Watson, suppose for a moment you are a woman who is about to get rid of her rival. You've planned it. A note has been written. The victim has come to the rendezvous. You have your weapon. The crime is committed. Workmanlike and complete. Yes. Do you mean to tell me that you'd now ruin your reputation as a criminal by forgetting to fling your weapon away in those handy reed beds? Would you carry it carefully home and put it in your own wardrobe? Your best friends would hardly call you a schemer, Watson, but I couldn't picture you doing anything so crude as that. In the excitement of the moment, I might... No, no, Watson. Where a crime is coolly premeditated, the means of covering up are coolly premeditated too. Be that as it may, Holmes. There's more to be explained away. Then let us explain it. You see, Watson, when once your viewpoint is changed, the very thing that was so damning becomes a clue to the truth. For example? The revolver again. 
Miss Dunbar disclaims all knowledge of it. If she is speaking the truth, then it was placed in her wardrobe. Who placed it there? Someone who wanted to incriminate her. And that person must surely have been the murderer as well. Well, we must leave this fruitful line of inquiry for the time being. Here is Winchester. We will see Miss Dunbar first and see her eyes again later. Now that I've talked to you, Miss Dunbar, I'm prepared to accept Mr. Gibson's statement both of your good influence over him and the innocence of your relationship. But you must have no illusions about this. The cards are stacked against us. And I must have all your help if we're to win. I promise you, Mr. Holmes, I'll tell you nothing but the truth. Good. Then please tell us, what were your relations with Mr. Gibson's wife? She hated me. She misunderstood my relations with him, I, I don't doubt. She had this... This tropical quality about her, if you know what I mean. She loved him so vividly in the... The physical sense... That it must have been beyond her to understand the, the mental, the spiritual tie... That came to join her husband and, and me. I can see now I was wrong to have stayed on in their house. But I know that even if I'd left, their unhappiness would have remained with them. I understand. Now, please tell us exactly what occurred that evening. There's so much I can't explain. If you will find the facts, perhaps others may find the explanations. Yes, I see. Well, that morning, I'd found a note waiting for me on the table in the children's schoolroom. It was from Mrs. Gibson. It implored me to meet her at Thorbridge after dinner. She had something to say to me. I was to leave an answer on the sundial in the garden. And no one was to know of our meeting. Well, this secrecy seemed rather far-fetched to me, but I did as she wished. I burnt her note in the schoolroom grave. You were asked to do that? In the note, yes. Yet she kept your reply very carefully. Yes. I was surprised to hear about it being found in her hand. Well, what happened then? I went to the bridge after dinner, as I promised. She was waiting there for me. I'd never realized until that moment just how that poor creature hated me. She was like a mad woman. I think she was mad. What did she say? She poured out all her fury on me in the most horrible words I'd ever heard uttered. I put my hands to my ears and ran away. She stood there in the mouth of the bridge, shrieking these things after me. You heard nothing else after you left? No shot? Nothing. Nothing but that terrible voice. I ran all the way back to the piece of my room and shut myself in. Did you leave your room again before next morning? When the alarm was raised that they'd found her dead, I ran out to join the others. That was soon after 11. So we come to the all-important point. This pistol that was found in your wardrobe, had you ever seen it before? Never. When was it found exactly? Next morning, when the police made their search. How long could it have been there? Definitely not the morning before. How do you know? Because I tidied up the wardrobe. When could anyone have come into your room and placed it there? Well, only at a, a meal time, or when I was in the schoolroom with the children. As you were when you got the note. Yes. It, I suppose it could have been any time from then onward, that whole morning. But the murder hadn't even been committed then. Yes, I see. 
Miss Dunbar, on the stonework of the bridge, some feet from where the body lay, I observed a mark of some violence, a fresh chip in the stone. Could you suggest any explanation for that? Why? No, I can't. I don't understand, Mr. Holmes. But suddenly I think I do. Come along, Watson, at once. Yes, Holmes. Uh, where to? To Thor Bridge. What is it, Mr. Holmes? Please tell me. Not now, my dear lady. You'll hear soon enough. In the meantime, fear no more. I have every hope that the clouds are lifting for you at last. And the light of truth is breaking through. I can see the sergeant waiting for us on the bridge, Holmes. Capital. I hope he carried out my little errand on the way. Uh, what was that? Just a small purchase from a village shop. Now, Watson, I'll have that revolver of yours, if you please. All right. <coughs> Here you are. This is a nice specimen. Handy little devil. Wouldn't be without it. Deceptively heavy. Oh, yes, it's a solid bit of work. Safe to catch on? Good. Do you know, Watson, hmm? I believe your revolver is going to have a very intimate connection with this mystery we're investigating. Oh, how? As a test we must perform. If it comes off, all will be clear. If it doesn't, well... Good day, gentlemen. Good day to you, Sergeant. Oh, good day, Sergeant. And did you manage to get me what I wanted? Oh, the ball of twine, sir. Here she is. Splendid. Now we'll waste no time. Be so good as to find me a heavy stone. A stone, sir? Uh, that one over there will do perfectly, I think. Uh, very good, sir. Now, Watson, hold the revolver, please, while I tie this end of the string onto the butt, like this. Holmes, uh, what are you? You are, Mr. Holmes. There. That's secure enough. Now, the other end goes round that stone. Tie it really well now. We don't want it to slip out. That's right. Like that. Oh, dash it, Holmes. I do wish you'd tell us what all this is about. In a moment, Watson. I'll show you. All secure, Sergeant. That won't slip, sir. Capital. Now, I want you to put the stone over the edge of the parapet there and let it down as far as it'll go on the string. Right. You take the strain on the line, Watson, or it'll go with a jerk. I'll hold on to the gun. Right, I've got it. And lure away as gently as you can. There, Mr. Holmes, she's down. Just a foot clear of the water. Now stand clear, both of you. And watch closely. I raise the revolver to my head. I won't fire it, if you don't mind. I just my grip and... There. Holmes, my revolver. A fresh chip in the parapet where the weight of the stone flung the gun before it pulled it over. Our test has worked, Watson. You mean that's how it was done, sir? She shot herself? Precisely. Well, I'm blessed. If you will oblige with a grappling hook as soon as you can, Sergeant. I think my friend here will soon have his little weapon back, none the worse for wear. And if I'm not mistaken, you'll find another revolver, stone and string, in much the same place. Well, I see exactly what you're getting at, Mr. Holmes, but I'm Watson, not quite... Watson, the sergeant isn't quite convinced. Well, if he's like me, he's just trying to work out how it all fits in with that revolver in the wardrobe. And the note in the dead woman's hand, sir. What could you have meant by that? Yes. They show a remarkable subtlety of mind. A note was extracted cleverly from Miss Dunbar which would make it appear that she had chosen the time and place for the crime. Mrs. Gibson was so anxious that this false clue should be discovered that she overdid it by holding it in her hand to the last. It alone should have excited my suspicion earlier than it did. Hmm. The gun, then, in the wardrobe. Simple. 
We've been told that it was one of a pair. The other hasn't been found because Mrs. Gibson took it for her own use. And it's now down there in the water alongside yours. She could easily have taken its mate down to the woods earlier in the day and discharged one barrel without anyone hearing. Then she took it back to the house and concealed it in the wardrobe while Miss Dunbar was in the schoolroom. <sighs> I don't doubt you're right, as usual, Holmes. But it's a pretty horrible picture you've painted. I don't think in all our adventures we've come across a stranger example of the working of a crazed mind. Her first resolution was to end her own life. Her second was to involve the victim of her hatred. But, oh, Watson, that chip in the stonework. I have been sluggish in mind and wanting in that mixture of imagination and reality which is the basis of my art. No, you had better not think of adding the problem of Thor Bridge to your annals. I fear it will not improve my reputation at all. <laughs> <laughs> that. Did you enjoy that? It was a good one. I too like the Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson series. Very enjoyable indeed, I thought. Anyway, offer your feedback. Let me know what you think. Check me out on patreon.com forward slash foxyafterdark or on my Instagram page as well. You can get a touch. Don't forget, I will be here from 6pm GMT every single night of the week with a new episode of Something Different. Hopefully you'll have liked the three shows that I have played so far since I first started this podcast on Friday. So let's catch up the same time tomorrow night with another episode of Something Different. <gasps> What's it going to be, I hear you say? Well, the only way of finding out is to come back and tune in. So stay safe, guys, whatever you're doing. Always be kind to each other. Love you all. Bye. <laughs>